0: This is episode 34, the holiday edition of Moon P-Jug and Hob. P-Jug, my wife, has decided not to do anything today because she's trying to get, uh, you know, the house decorated. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. We hope you had a good time with your family. Uh, We hope there weren't any drunken brawls. There was many times where just hits the fan on the holidays. Yeah. We were at a Thanksgiving in Nebraska once at my mom and dad's. My uncle Leonard had a heart attack, and we're trying to figure out if he's choking on a chicken bone or what's going on. He's gasping for air. And the next thing you know, 911's called, and happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Oh, my God. <laughs> and, you know, whenever we have one less player, we've got to bring in somebody that can fill time, somebody that's yeah. an expert, somebody that can go two, three hours without taking a breath. That's why we have Mark Price here. Hey, Mark
1: you know that story thanksgiving so many wonderful thanksgiving memories that's the one you focus on
0: (laughs) you know i've always been kind of like the dark side of the moon
1: i can't handle tragic stories and when people (laughs) tell me them i go no 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 please i can't even am i the only one here that's like that most movies have uh some element in it i don't like these days we laugh about it because every movie we turn on by the third act or by the third minute sometimes there's somebody has cancer somebody has brain cancer <laughs> and it's like i go please please can we find a movie where there's no brain cancer please
0: where are you because you know it looks beautiful wherever you are
1: yes i have been in the same place uh, since i'm uh, well 15 years old is when i moved into laurel canyon and then when i was about 17 i moved here and i've been here ever since the same spot
0: that's awesome.
1: It's got a lot of rock and roll history here. The birds yes. used to live here and uh, they wrote the song. If you want to be a rock and roll star here, I like to theorize they wrote all their songs here because the lyrics make sense, like uh, turn, turn, turn. That's the directions to get
2: up to find sure. uh, eight miles high. That's kind of off. Wow. You can just see everything. You
0: know, Minnesota, especially at this time of the year, just sucks hard. Okay. All right. Well,
1: then I don't
2: want to rub it into everybody. I just got
1: back. I was on tour. I was in uh, Pennsylvania and Ohio. So I'm I'm familiar.
0: Okay. Now, Mark does stand up everywhere, and uh, he's got quite a crazy background. Tell us about your dad and what your childhood was like, because this had to be interesting
1: well yeah and then i'll tell you a little bit about my mom too because she's sick and tired of me just always talking about my dad apparently (laughs) so yeah my dad was a legendary comedian from such an old school uh world because he started when he was a little kid and he was born in 1919 so you know we're talking about like the 30s like the earliest thing that i have on youtube of him is 1938 you know and then in 1940 he was on with fred allen on the radio and that was the biggest thing going. There was Jack Benny, there was Fred Allen. And it made him really a national uh, star at that point. And, uh, and so he was um, early in the stand-up comedy game, if you will, really a pioneer in many ways. And guys like Don Rickles and stuff were kids by comparison, just the way it worked out when they started. And, how you know, they all looked up to my dad. In fact, Don Rickles, when I met him, and, of course, those guys I don't bother with try to say I'm Skippy from Family Ties or anything like that. I'm Al Bernie's son, you know. But uh, Don Rickles said, uh, kid, your dad was the best of us, kid. The best of us.
0: And didn't he actually work with Rodney Dangerfield as well?
1: Oh, man, he worked with everybody. He wrote with Lenny Bruce. They wrote together. Wow. And people forget Lenny Bruce was a suit and tie comic and came from that same world. I'm working with some of the kids of some of the famous comedians these days, like Mindy Rickles. She does stand up and she's very funny and she's not doing her dad and she doesn't come out there and like do an impersonation, but maybe she does an impersonation of her dad. Rain Pryor, Richard Pryor's daughter does a classic impersonation of her dad, but her show is so totally different. But you know, at some point she lets loose with a little (laughs) impersonation of her dad. Her mom was white and Jewish. So she's half Jewish, half black. And she deals with that in her show. And she talks about her dad at the Jewish Uh, Passover table or something that's really funny
0: you know Richard had uh, MS and I have MS and uh, so I kind of started watching him a long time ago I went back on YouTube and I would look at you know some of the specials that he did some of the early TV stuff and I really uh, can't even explain how much I love Rodney Dangerfield I mean I saw him live in Vegas and he had me laughing so hard That he had already told three more jokes and I was still lapping three jokes prior to that.
1: I got to meet him when I was young and uh, I actually, you know, my dad used to take me to the clubs in New York City and I'd be able to sneak in because of my dad. Really, you weren't, you know, and it was such a different era back then, you know.
0: So with you growing up around comedy... And, uh, you know, I'm sure that, you know, became really a a big part of your life, you know, with your dad doing, you know, shows on the road and television, all that other stuff. Uh, You know, eventually you did almost the exact same thing and spent a lot of time on a show called Family Ties, which we all totally remembered. And you played Skippy. I wanted to know when I found that out, how did that come to pass? I mean, how did you apply for that job or how did you find yourself working with Michael J. Fox?
1: I moved out to California to live with my dad and uh, he, they got divorced and you know, that was it. We were moving out for at the time. We thought maybe he was going to get on a sitcom and maybe he would be like Mr. Belvedere or something like that. Right. It was just um, a different era then it was quickly. The kids were becoming the main attraction on the different shows and stuff. So I was able to get, you know, a pretty uh, sweet spot there on that wonderful show. I was very blessed to be a part of that show.
0: What did they pay for something like that? Do you remember? No, I mean, I was just curious because you think about child stars and there's been a million of them and a lot of them, you know, after they had success on TV and they did have a little uh, money and fame, then they would spiral and bad things would happen.
1: Thank you. Uh, <laughs> thank God for stand-up comedy, really. That's been my saving grace, no doubt. Uh, because it's, I was like everybody else. You're young, and you think, you know, oh, great, I'm one of those people that's just always going to make a shit ton of cash. This is fantastic. And uh, and it doesn't quite work out that way. And then all of a sudden, you know, you have to figure out a way to keep it going on. And I think a lot of uh, young people, And sh- I wasn't a kid, really. I was more of a teen you know, I joke about being a former child star, but really I was a teen star and I came from this interesting background with my dad and I, I was a very adult youngster and I just lucked out. I, you know, I didn't Michael Jackson ever touched me and I still have all my <laughs> credit cards and I guess, um, I feel bad for the ones that, you know, fell victim to all that craziness, the drugs and the, you know, but I definitely spent money like it was no tomorrow. You know, I didn't make all the right decisions or do anything like that, but, uh, I can't, uh fight destiny you know you can steer it a little i believe that and i think you should try to steer your destiny but you can't ultimately you can't fight it so i feel like hey this was all meant to be
0: so after you got the job on family ties and you were moving you know around uh you know doing basically what your dad did was your relationship with your mom still pretty close
1: no we we broke out uh and then got (laughs) back together again uh Uh, she had it all worked out for me to go to Cornell and have a good, you know, respectable family in New Jersey and do everything right. My stepdad was a doctor and, you know, retired now. And uh, she had a pretty good plan now in retrospect. But at the time, it just seemed like, yeah, right. Okay. And then we'll <laughs> just is... hang out the comedy store till 2 a.m. or study to go to Cornell. Come on, people. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know,
0: after you've done both which one do you favor i mean if you could have a prime time sitcom where you had some creative control where you know you could write or you could do whatever or you could go on the road and, and you know have your own thing there well that's which one question. would you pick that's
1: a good question because you know the guys like jay leno and jerry seinfeld who were the pretty much the the leaders of the that's when i showed up at the on the scene and those guys were the already uh at the status of the best and the most famous and the you know, the most requested. But neither of them had a show yet. Neither of them had a. They weren't the host of the Tonight Show, and Jerry Seinfeld wasn't on a sitcom. And uh, I think that um, back then, if you asked them, they would say, you know, stand-up comedy is what they did. And even now, if you ask them, and during their reigns as talk show host and sitcom star, anytime you ask them, what do they do for a living? Stand-up comedian would be their answer. And I'm like that too. I I live for that. I love it. But I, I'm working on a script for a new show nice I, I i actually uh beyond just working on it i co-authored it and it's all completed and uh there's a bible and these days we used to have a treatment back in the uh you know way back in the <laughs> early 2000s now it's uh, a deck that's what they call it anyway it's a treatment with pictures
0: do you have an agent that you use
1: oh no no that's uh i used to be with jay leno's agent but now it's uh Flow from Progressive.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I used to have a radio agent. And he lived in Pacific Palisades. I would go down to the comedy clubs on Sunset. I went to uh, the Ice House. I went to uh, uh, Hermosa. Uh, I was just trying to think of the, the clubs I'd been to.
1: Yeah, that's all the spots. I, I. When we first got out here, I got to go with my dad to all those places, and they're amazing, and you're naming them all, you know. We actually lived not too far from the Westwood Comedy Store, and that was where everything derailed uh, the most for me. Uh, as far as my mom's concerned, it's actually where I got – I just lucked out, really, because the laws there were different. In order to get the UCLA students, which is where Westwood was, where UCLA was, they couldn't set it up like the traditional comedy store, so it was uh, – beer and wine only and they serve food so it operated like a restaurant and you could get in at any age you didn't need an adult with you and i could get in at 14 years old and that's where i started hanging out and you know watched those guys and became friends with the comedy store guys and ultimately they became my roommates
0: the last time i went out there and went to a live show michael richards was there and when he came out i was so excited because I was a fan of Seinfeld and all that. I mean, he'd been doing stand up for a long time, but I'm telling you, it was just awful.
1: Before or after his uh, famous uh, incident?
0: It was after the incident.
1: Oh, well, um, does he address it? Does he come out and say something about it right away? I don't know. It makes it tougher for guys like me. That's all I know between him and uh, I like to thank Bill Cosby. Uh, making sure that no innocent character from an eighty sitcom ever gets laid on the road again. <laughs> I go, I work at these bars. I walk up on stage and because of Bill Cosby, none of the ladies even touch their drinks. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and and then Louis CK, you know, we had right, that whole thing. You. So for you, how many nights are you working a, a, a year? I mean, are you on the road like all the time? Are you married?
1: I go out about 10 days a month. Tiffany will tell you the work part of that is the setting it all up and all the stuff you do you know the actual showtime that's that's the best part it's the flying and the setting up the flying and oh my god the airlines now are taking such a big chunk it's just crazy
0: what about the pandemic in laurel canyon and nearby i mean are people wearing masks are they behaving or is it just out of control like it is here
1: well, uh, okay, so uh, not that I am a, a statistician on uh, what exactly is going on, that's for sure. Uh, but uh, more people wear their masks out west, no doubt. I notice that when I go to the east. I mean, at my shows and stuff, nobody's nobody's wearing masks. Sometimes a little spittle. You oh, yeah. excited, you're emotional, oh, yeah. you're into the bit. little yep. spittle. Yep. Not intentional. Yep. You kind of ignore it. You hope nobody notices. Now I'm thinking, what if I just killed the first row? Right. <laughs> what uh, a twilight zone world we live in
2: yeah
0: it's, it's just crazy i mean i'm sitting here online and i see where minneapolis and minnesota in general has been number one or number two for hospitalizations and you know we have like one icu bed in the whole state i mean it's crazy the uh, national guard's being brought in now and they're bringing them into nursing homes wherever they have, like, spare beds. And they just have, like, army medics trying to take care of people. Then you look on television, and you've got sold-out Vikings games. you got sold-out hockey games, right? And you're wondering, you know, well, why is this thing still spreading?
1: I meet people after the show. That's what I do. Like, how do I not meet people after the show? It's part of why they come to see the damn show. Yeah. I can't just ignore everybody. Ah, I'm Billy Joel, see you later. I, 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 <laughs> Skippy has left the building. Skippy <laughs> has left the building. I have to stand there and sign things and say hello and take selfies and stuff. And, right. You know, it's a freaky, freaky world.
2: Well, you don't <laughs> want to come off as like a diva, like where you no. just don't come out after the show. And, you know, Mark is, is really is just as gregarious and warm as, you know, you're, you're seeing. Because you haven't met him before, Moon, but... Um, Yeah, I just did a week at the House of Comedy at the Mall of America, and no one's wearing them hardly in the mall either. So Right, so what do you
1: do? You put on a mask afterwards, everybody looks at you funny when you come out with a mask on and they're not wearing one.
2: Right. We were really good about it here initially and i think we've just hit fatigue because it's not going away like our midwestern i get, I get the fatigue ride. part i get it i get yeah. it.
1: not to mention the unemployment stop let's be real this is a right. actual. all these people that aren't at work that they, they they're not working they can't fill the positions where what are they living on who's getting is somebody still getting unemployment i'm not okay yeah. so i don't understand how that goes explain to me where all those open position people are where where what are they doing to stay afloat
0: i know and then you always hear the supply chain Right.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, that's getting in the way. No doubt. I I, even me. I don't have any current or topical jokes. They're all caught up (laughs) in this crazy supply chain crisis. They're in a on a trawler in New Guinea. I understand they're coming to the port of Long Beach soon, hopefully before, you know, the Christmas tour. Is there
0: a stand up when you're working on the road that you don't want to come on after because, you know, they're that good?
1: Oh, well, plenty of those. I'll tell you that right now. Sometimes my opening act, I go, look, could you keep it to 35? It's not because any other reason that I might have trouble following you if you do too much. There are some people that can follow anybody. I'm not one of those people. I'll tell you what's a challenge. Okay, so certainly, you know, anybody that any classic comedian that's doing a long time in front of you, that's always going to be hard that a lot of times these days it was always three comedians in the format of a road comedy club for so long. That was the way it was with maybe a guest spot, but now it's like 15 comedians. They do that where they bring everybody's on the like, whole town, <laughs> right? Oh, it's like comedy that's... karaoke or whatever. There's like 15 people <laughs> and they go, and that's hard. That's hard to go on 15. You do what you got to do.
0: I have tickets uh, to a comedy show that I've been waiting on for a long time. I've been a fan of Brian Regan for a long time. All the best. And, you know, Brian's going to play at the casino here and not until March. Well, the thing about it by March is I'm hoping that COVID slows down a little bit. I actually had my fourth vaccine shot yesterday. um, And nobody that I have heard of has even had four. Everybody's saying, well, you know, I should probably get my third if I qualify. But for me, because of a drug I take for MS, it wipes the vaccine out. So I really have zero antibodies. And, uh, you know, up until about an hour ago, I felt like all day.
1: Oh, I'm sorry Uh, for that, but it sounds like you're in good spirits right now. And
0: medical cannabis. (laughs) There you
2: go. I was waiting. We've got a whole 20 minutes without you disclosing to one of our guests that you smoke weed.
0: We should start that on the podcast. We should start a timer and maybe have a a, over under number.
1: (laughs) Countdown
2: Countdown to admission to weed smoking. (laughs) We have someone on Mark, and he didn't realize that, like in the preview, you can see what someone's doing, and he's just, just puffing <laughs> on a huge Jay.
0: <laughs> I'm taking like, a you huge. You know they ball. can
2: see you, right? And he's like, "No, they can't." I'm like, "No, they, no, they can."
0: Are you married? Have kids?
1: Uh, all I that have, or no? I'm not married. I don't have kids. That's why I still have all my hair. My girlfriend and I have been together for quite a while, and so uh, it is graying. It is graying almost at a president, like a president's rate, like <laughs> two more, one more nomination. It's over. It's going to be completely done <laughs> I use just for Matt.
0: Do you ever do any political stuff on stage? You just steer completely away.
1: I do a little bit. I go both. I take a little to each side, give everybody a little of a laugh. You'd be amazed at how many Trump people and stuff are in my audience. And it took me a while to figure it out. And then it occurred to me, well, yeah, people know me from Family Ties. And Michael J. Fox played Alex P. Keaton, the ultimate Reagan Republicanite. In a lot of ways, he started the whole serious uh, Republican uh, conservative uh, worship idol worship.
2: He really did. I never thought of it like that, but yeah, he absolutely did. It be hit friendly. me one day. I
1: was like, that's why they're so, but I enjoy it. Don't get me wrong. I always have fun. And I'm not one of those people. I'm not crazy. Uh, I'm not one of those people that hates on uh, people with different uh, opinions.
0: When we were working on the radio together, uh, Hobbs would not let me at all ever talk about politics in any way at all. And it oh, was correct. smart to, to steer away because <laughs> when you're on, uh, you know, a microphone and our, our station was really a huge one here. Um, You know, you just don't want to lose 50% of your audience. And the place was so divided. I mean, everything is crazy divided now. Um, And hopefully, you know, at some point we're all going to start getting along together. And I don't, I thought COVID, you know, would, you know, kind of make people, you know, calm down. And then I watched people driving, you know, SUVs through Christmas parades and,
2: Oh my you God, know? can you believe that? That was so bizarre. Did you see that, Mark? That happened on the You know,
1: I, I'm scared in uh, in the city of Los Angeles right now. I'm, and now I'm going to bring up a tragedy with Tiffany Norton, a comedian and a magician. His name is Matt Price. Come on. It's a couple of letters away from my name. I know
2: who you're talking about. Yes. I didn't know him, but I know who you're talking about. And you
1: know what the story is right now, which is that just in the last couple of days, he was in somehow associated like with uh he was a victim of a of an armed robbery where they shot him to death and uh these stories you know that was right not far from where i live here and these stories are more and more it seems to me and uh, closer and closer and uh, everywhere and uh it's a it's a, again it's a crazy place we live right now a crazy time
0: isn't it amazing that we don't hear about these kinds of stories from other countries I mean, once in a while, yes, but in America, it's not unusual to have a school shooting, some kind of a mass something or other uh, active shooter wherever every single day. And I mean, geez, I don't know how we're going to fix it. I'm very uh, pro death penalty. And what I want to do is I want there to be a cable channel dedicated to executions. (laughs) You know what?
1: I was never like that. I was never like that. But I tell you, when, when your young friend, I tell you, that's what does it to you, right? When, when it happens to you, you know what I mean? And so when your young friend is uh, taken away far with all the promise and all the possibilities in the world, and uh, you just, you want the person that did it to, to, to fry like bacon, you want it to be, you know, forget the electric chair, get an electric couch, (laughs) (laughs)
0: oh my god like when you're inside you know watching television or doing whatever and an idea comes down uh that you can use in your act do you have like a little notepad or do you use your phone to record ideas or
1: i i have like an associate that i work with and i text them and they put it in the file and then every once in a while, I'll look at this massive file. <laughs> so,
0: and then you have to kind of pick through and, and say, we'll, we'll polish that one a little bit or whatever.
1: I've got my different sections of the file, you know, the uh, jokes that need to be added, jokes that need to be worked on, the uh, current topics, you know, whatever.
0: Did you see Hacks?
1: No, I didn't. Oh, wait, 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 Well, Yes, no, I did. I totally did. The older comedian yeah. and the younger. Oh, yeah, absolutely. What a wonderful show that was. Fantastic. That was I'm, really good. Gene Smart's
0: it. fantastic.
1: And 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 having co-written the thing that I I told you earlier, I wrote a script and everything. I just want to make it clear that it was I did not know about hacks or hadn't seen hacks when I when I had written co-written that at the beginning of the pandemic. Uh, mine too is me and a young uh, talented person that's uh, that brings the youth into the picture. And when I was writing it, I could relate to both sides, right? Because back in the day, I was that young skinny kid with the you know and and then now i get to look at it from my perspective now and i get to put both sides into the script that was cool
0: so when you write how long does it take you to do a project like that
1: well there varies and there's no rules and i certainly don't do enough of them to have uh, to have any kind of uh, stats on it but uh, we did it over the course of many months because we we uh, we did a little bit each week and grew it and did drafts of it and all that stuff.
0: Okay, so if you uh, have success and this is picked up, who's going to play uh the part? In- who's
1: going to play me? They're going to be
2: like <laughs> we need a young
1: skippy type.
2: You could get two your two son, old. Moon, you could get your son. You get you could get Trevor to play young Mark. You
0: yeah, my son actually he would go to uh you know, open mic nights yeah. and he would run some of his stuff by me before he was going to do it and i'm thinking oh no don't do that right and sure enough that'd be the first place he would go
1: oh yeah yeah
0: he would talk about me being in a wheelchair and how he bought me new shoes and <laughs> i mean you know he's got a twisted demented mind just like his old man
1: hey so, so listen we promised everybody we'd give my mom a little bit of cred here let's yes wrap it with this or her story because it's an amazing story so she was a singer. And show business. So my dad was a comedian and they met on the bill together. It was not an uncommon thing for the the girl singer. They used to call them to open for the comedian. When I was born, I guess that I, I it was initially a cheap device for applause. I was brought out at the end of the show, trotted out like, oh. like a prop from Carrot Top's trunk. <laughs> but uh, apparently it was an immediate applause when you bring out the little baby and the couple that just performed for you have had a baby and they're in love. And so that's what hooked me into the business. But my mom, it turns out, she really didn't, she really didn't enjoy show business. And you have to remember that it was a different era. It was the late sixties. It wasn't hashtag me
2: too, right?
1: It was hashtag show us your hoo-hoo. It was the madman generation, and people uh, and men in particular were rude to my mom in show business. She didn't like it. And so she got out and she actually became a cop. Oh, and a That's how much she hated it, that she would rather people shoot her and that she would, you know deal with mafiosos and things like that than have to deal with the, the, the bookers and the agents and the comedians. and she just hated everything about show business and uh, including my dad. And uh, <laughs> So but she was she was um one of the bravest and really did uh, go to the police academy and take on that world that wasn't really welcoming of women police officers. No. She was one of the first uh, ladies on the force.
2: Wow, that's awesome.
1: And she worked her way up and did all the promotions and all that stuff and did everything right and then when she retired she actually had a very successful uh, private investigator business, you know. So, oh my
2: god, write a, write a pilot about your mom. That's yeah, cool. really. Like, I right, mean, you go. know what I mean? Like quitting the nightclub with the baby and then going to police academy. And she did a lot for me.
1: And, uh, you know, I, I always remember my dad and he drove me to comedy shows and it was so much fun. He took me to Hollywood. And, you know, I give him so much credit all the time. Right. But she worked really hard to uh, to make sure that I went to Montessori school and that I had a great upbringing because really in suburban New Jersey where we lived, it was very delightful, and uh, we used to ride our bikes and play flashlight tag, and she had the dinner bell and all that, and she made sure that I was well taken care of. So I want to, you know, it's Thanksgiving, so yeah. I always am giving thanks for my dad, and I'm so grateful for him, but I'm grateful to my mom, and I want her to know that.
0: Mark Price, do you have a website you could mention or yeah, something that we can uh, find it's, you? It's
1: it's, uh, what is that, Casper? It's MarkSkippyPrice.com. That's M-A-R-C, Skippy. Price.com.
0: Yeah, Mark, uh, I'd never met the guy in person, but man, he seems like he could be my bud.
2: You know, he when he says he's an old school comedian, though, he very much is. He very much follows the older formula. And I don't mean old in a, in a pejorative way, but just it's a more classic delivery. It's set up, punch, set up, punch, set up, punch. It's not storytelling. It's not meandering all over the place. A lot of his stuff is really succinct. He was in town at the joke joint, which you know. You know, it's no longer in existence, but it was next to your favorite cigar shop. Perfect Ash.
0: Yeah, I've been there a lot.
2: But he self-books his tours. He looks exactly like Skippy grown up. You know what I mean? When you see him, he like, that's what Skippy would look like. And uh, yeah, so like there are some ladies that definitely fangirl about that. I had a gig actually rescheduled. This is a gig I booked in 2019 and it was to do a charity fundraiser. In 2020, it finally just got rebooked for April of 2022, and I'm hoping it sticks. I don't know if it will. But, like, you know, like Mark, you know, and and friends of mine like that, you don't, if you are a person who performs, you don't really get unemployment like other people because you don't have an employer, technically, and it's very difficult for you to prove and to get that money and stuff. And, you know, a lot of that stuff has run out. And so people are going to take, people are going to eat. You know, people are going to take risks and, you know, go and get that money. So I just, you know, I hope nothing bad happens.
0: Hey, if you ever have a guest suggestion, Mm -hmm. you can send it to our email address, moonpjughobbs at gmail.com, moonpjughobbs at gmail.com. It's not and Hobbs, by the way, it's moonpjughobbs.com at gmail.com because I screwed it up when I started. Or
2: basically just mash your hand on your keyboard and it'll probably get to us.
0: It'll probably it, get to it, us, it's yeah. It's just a
2: jumble of letters.
0: You know, and, and I go there every once in a while, we get no email. Yeah. Right? Zero.
2: We were getting so, some good emails from Nebraska when we first started. They're not, the Nebraska gave up on us?
0: Well, I think Nebraska's giving up on everything. When the football team in Nebraska is not doing well, the whole state just goes completely silent. Okay. Have you started Christmas shopping yet?
2: I did. I got one thing. I got one present done. One.
0: And that's for your son?
2: Yeah. No, actually the Christmas present, i it's for my, it's for my, it's for my fella. Uh,
0: you know, P-Jug got me a Foo Fighters shirt oh, nice. for our fifth anniversary. Because yeah. she knows that I believe that Dave Grohl is my higher power. I know. I love Dave Grohl. I love the Foo Fighters. Just, they are my favorite rock band. I just God, I love them. I never get tired of listening to them. And so then what was I going to get her? I know that she likes these dark chocolate linders. Okay. Uh, Okay. If you put those thing in the, in the freezer, when they come out, they are awesome. And so I ordered these bags of candy for her and she opened them up and she's like, I thought I told you, you needed to back off on the candy. Mm Mm-hmm. Because she thought I ordered them all for me. Oh. And it was actually a surprise for her. Okay. And then I have two other things that came in the mail and Amazon, of course, is here every 30 minutes. And so she opens up another box, which was supposed to be a surprise. I got her some um, earbuds for her iPhone so she can listen to the podcast right. while she's moving and grooving. And then uh, I have one more gift that is still coming yet tonight.
2: You should ship that stuff to my house.
0: You could hide it. I know. I found a uh, a cross necklace.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It was just gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And uh, I found it online and I wanted to get that. And, you know, she's like, yeah, you know, I want to have, I want to, you know, have some say in it because, you know, when I buy her gifts, I generally miss
2: there's something really classy about a little tiny very well decorated very well wrapped box that contains like five 100 bills nice that is like really beautifully decorated
0: oh yeah Seems. you know that's the one thing about money it's always the right size and the right color
2: absolutely no one returns it no one ever returns it
0: one of the things that we do for christmas is we're talking about the holidays a little bit we play win moons money
2: oh i know Well, remember I did that. I did that. I copied you last year. We did that over at, uh, over at Brian's house. It was really fun. The teenagers loved it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it is. And you know, you don't have to go crazy with the money. I mean, we do 300 bucks and it's for about 10 or 12 people. Yeah. So we have an eight-year-old that generally wins about 50 to 60 bucks. (laughs) Right. And she is so excited when she leaves. So then last year we didn't get everybody paid. Right, and I was just gonna either Venmo or send it by Zelle. And you know, as time went on, everybody's like, You don't really have to pay us. But my granddaughter, she's like, Where's my $58?
2: $58. I remember when I was that age, $58, I was pretty sure I could buy a nice two bedroom family home in the suburbs. I was like, <laughs> 50 bucks, that's that's some serious coinage.
0: Well, if you uh have nothing further to say, I know I'm out of words, I am out of words today. Uh, I think it's the Fourth COVID shot, yeah. You know, I think I'm going to go lie down for a little bit.
2: I think you should.
0: Your and body's probably telling
2: you.
0: Yeah, you know, uh, the first shot, sore arm, really sore arm, sorer than any other shot I've ever had. Okay. Second shot, uh, I had a fever and chills for six hours, but I didn't feel horrible. Okay. The third shot for two hours. I was just really sick. I felt nauseous and just awful two hours. And it just stopped because I was thinking, I don't know how long I can take this. Now the fourth shot, everything was fine all day yesterday. And after about 22 hours today, here it comes. My arm got stiff. I started feeling miserable and uh, that's why I'm out of words.
2: You need your rest. And you know, I'm proud of you for doing it because it's not fun.
0: I had to fight through it.
2: We don't want it, but yeah, but if Moon can do it, if you can do it and you have MS and all that other stuff that you've got to contend with on a daily basis, then other just freaking normal people can just get the goddamn shot. I, I, you know, I'm I'm really frustrated about it.
0: Okay, everybody. Next week, another guest can't tell you who it's a surprise. Surprise with Moon P Juggenhobs, Hobbs. It's time to end the podcast, it's time to shut off the mics it's time to end the podcast and get a thousand likes you need to share this podcast with friends in cars or bikes it's time to end the podcast and get a thousand likes why do you always listen i guess we'll never know a fat guy in a wheelchair what the does he know it's time to end the podcast it's time to get some likes Go to your computer, type it in, you're going to win. We are out of lyrics in Boopie, Jug, and Hobbs. That was wonderful. Bravo. I loved that. It. Oh, it was great.
1: Well, it was pretty good. Well, it wasn't bad. Well, there were parts of it that weren't very good, it though. It could have been a lot better. I didn't really like it. It was pretty terrible. It was bad. It was awful. It was terrible. Get him away. Hey, boo. Boo. Let's put this show out of its misery. (gülüyor) Ha 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 ha!